We talk for a second and get into the weeds about it, what exactly Pete Golding's defense is. We will look at that. We'll also talk about Ole Miss having a little bit of late portal momentum. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome into the Lockdown Ole Miss podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Willis. Um, you can see my Twitter handle down below. And thank you very much for making the Lockdown Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and of course, upvote the video. And if, like we said before, we're available wherever you get your podcast. A subscribe there would help us out as well. So we do appreciate that. Anyway, we are starting to think about what are we going to get with a peak Golding defense? How will that look? What will that be? And the UTSA, the Alabama, those are two completely different places. You recruit different athletes. Um, you play different schemes. You have different mandates from the head man. And all of that comes kind of to a head. Because at Alabama, now let's make no mistake about it, Alabama's defense mostly is Nick Saban. You do what Nick Saban wants you to do. No matter what you you come in there and what chops you have, you are going to run Nick Saban's defense. You're going to run his packages. And that is important to remember at Alabama because when he left to go to Ole Miss, a lot of that was getting on his own. A lot of that was doing things his way as opposed to doing everything as a direct mandate. And Lane Kiffin knows all about what it's like to work under Nick Saban, so he probably had some cards to play. But the end result is Pete Golding is going to end up getting to be his own man and run the stuff that he wants to run. Now, I talked to a couple of people close to the situation that say that Pete Golding is not going to run an identical defense to what you saw at Alabama. He's going to run a defense that he wants to run. And I imagine that is going to be taking some of the concepts with the Alabama stuff because, honestly, it's good. I mean, it, you, you want to take it if you can. And some of the stuff he did at UTSA that he wasn't able to run at Alabama that he really liked. Because at the end of the day, you know, Delta State is turning into the new Youngstown, Ohio. you got Pete Golding from Delta State. You've got Ron Roberts from Delta State. You've got Dave Aranda from Delta State. Cleveland, Mississippi is becoming the new Youngstown, Ohio. So you will see coaches with a little bit of skill come out of there. But they all are kind of doing similar stuff. I expect Golding and the Ole Miss version of the defense he runs to be kind of a combination of what Saban runs at Alabama, Kirby runs at Georgia, and Dave Aranda runs at Baylor. I mean, it, I mean, you talk about a comparison up, but that's what I'm expecting them to try to do. I'm expecting primarily three-man lineups, you know, three three-man down lineups with a rush in to where. It's essentially a 4-3 or a 4-2-5, but it has the ability to go either way. It's, it's more of the professional 
defense of a 3-4. Think similar to what Mike McIntyre did um, in 2019. That is what I think the defense is going to look like. Now, Pete Golding has made a career. He's been a cornerbacks coach at nearly every stop. So everywhere he goes, he is going to coach the corners. Now, the question is going to be from him, and I haven't dug in on 2016 UTSA tape, but believe me, I'm going to. Whatever I can find on the internet and on YouTube, I'm going to look at. But I want to see if it's a predominantly zone team or a predominantly man team. Because that is going to answer a lot of questions with his defense. Zone or man. Now, I'm assuming it's going to be man because he got the job at Alabama. Alabama is a notorious man-free two-man team. And because they have superior athletes to everybody. But I want to see what he did at UTSA. That That is what interests me. I've seen him at Alabama. They were the CBS game of the week like six times a year. I am well aware of Pete Golding at Alabama. I want to see what Pete Golding at UTSA looked like. Refresh my memory on that. And if anybody else wants to look at it, it's the 2016 season. So if you want to go back and search 2016, UTSA, um, game highlights, or full game, it's right there. If you want to watch game film on that. I'm going to sit down and do that, you know, now that it's kind of the offseason and the basketball team hasn't really provided a lot of locked-in reasoning. Um, but I'm going to look at that defense, and I'm going to meld it with what they, he did at Alabama, with what he did there, and try to get an idea of what this defense will look like moving forward. My, like I said, my initial impressions are is Dave Aranda. Um, they will do some stuff that Nick Saban did with Kirby Smart. They will do some stuff that Nick Saban himself likes, but there will also be UTSA stuff um, molded in there. And I think it will look like the Dave Aranda, Ron Roberts, that type stuff defensively. Now, if you look at the players that Ole Miss has defensively, they have the players for a three-man. One thing that I'm looking forward to is Josh Harris and J.J. Pegues on the field at the same time because I do think that front, front three is growing to grow a little bit. We talk about the physics problem. This will be an answer to that physics problem. I do think one of the three three-man front defensive ends will be J.J. Pegues. I do think the other will be... Um, Jared Ivey at 275, and you have a little bit of size across, along the front. And then out the linebackers, you'll have Suntarian Perkins on one side who will grow up a little bit, but he, he's going to have to go through his first year at 220 or so. And then you'll have Cedric Johnson on the other side that will play the role that at Alabama Will Anderson plays. The hybrid rush in that in a 3-4 defense can go or he can cover He's got the athleticism to do it. I think he's going to handle it. Then you have Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste and another linebacker. This is the hole that everybody needs to look at. This is what they need to pay attention to because with Austin Keys going to Auburn and potentially Ashante Seastrump going somewhere else, there is a gap at linebacker. Now, it could be freshmen that step up and take that role. The kid from Virginia he's still there. He's still around. He got some PT last year. He might can get on the field at the moment. So we'll see if that does it, but they need depth pieces. So even if Ole Miss doesn't get anybody in the next three days before the end of the transfer portal, the next two days, 
I do expect Ole Miss to be active in the late transfer window for that position. It'll be interesting to see. I think after spring, and you know exactly what you have, I think they're going to make a shopping list. They're going to look in the transfer portal, and they're going to try and fill as many holes as possible. Because while this defense does a lot of things similarly to the 3-2-6, it has different requirements at each position. So I'll put it to you like this. There could be a defense called in the 3-2-6, and there could be a defense called in this Pete Cole de- de- defense that requires the players to be in the same places. On the chalkboard, it looks identical, okay? Pete Golding's defense has a defensive end that is 310 pounds, an outside linebacker that they want to be about 250, and the inside linebacker at about 230. Those three players. Now, in the 3-2-6, it might be a 260-pound defensive lineman, a 205-pound defensive back, and the linebacker at about 215. You see what I mean by a physics problem now? That's what I'm talking about in the physics problem. This is an answer to that. So we'll see exactly what they do. Now, it'll be a lot of fun. Now, Kendall Bryles is going to likely TCU, it looks like, potentially, which means Lane and Charlie Weiss and Philip Montgomery could be the Baylor offense holdovers in the SEC. The defense is going to be designed to stop the run because what they found out was that teams will stop that run at all cost. And if you don't do that, the other team will take that five yards and wear you out, as we saw the last five games of the season. So the physics problem became readily apparent, and they had to address that. So I'm, I'm pretty impressed with everything that's going on. Anyway, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little bit healthier this year. And if you're like me, where you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise taste, then I've got just the thing for you. You have got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't believe they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes the Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. So it's pretty, pretty cool. And now you don't need to just order it online and wait around for them to get there. You can just go to your local Walmart and get a box. That's right. You can head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up the four-bar box and the cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, you can run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. Later, This is absolutely amazing, and I've got a bunch of them in my fridge. I love them. Anytime I have a, a snack a sensation that I need to handle, I go grab a milk bar. That's, that's what I do. Anyway. It's pretty cool, Sam's, Built.com, and, of course, Walmart. All right, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Now, make sure to check out our brand-new podcast. It's Locked On College Basketball. It has everything you need to know about college basketball in one place with big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. All right. 
Thank you very much for tuning into the show. Now, there's a little bit of late portal momentum that's going. Now, we don't have commitments other than the Quincy McGee thing that you saw this weekend. But we hear rumors of people that are reporting on this stuff with all sorts of information. Now, I'm not going to dig into their proprietary stuff, but let's just, needless to say, that things look very, very good for Walker Howard. Things look very, very good for Spencer Sanders. I think Chuck Roundsville on the um, Talk of Champions podcast, If um, after this podcast, if you want to go listen to that, he talks about how Ole Miss may be trying to recruit all three quarterbacks. It's a pretty good situation. That's Mike Wright, Spencer Sanders, and, of course, Walker Howard. So it will be interesting to see what goes on. Now, when it comes to Walker Howard, a lot of good fortune for Ole Miss just all appeared at one time, right? Walker Howard, I think, went into the transfer portal with the idea that he was going to go to TCU. He was going to be the guy that Garrett Riley trained. Got the ball. They were going to roll with TCU. Let's go. That I think that was the plan. Jack Besh is already there. I think that was the plan. Then Clemson came calling for Garrett Riley, and then they didn't have an offensive coordinator. When they did get one, the offensive coordinator they got was not a pass-friendly offensive coordinator. They're looking at Kendall Bryles up at Arkansas, who is known for what he does with K.J. Jefferson. That's not Walker Howard. So Ole Miss had all of this going into their favor before they got him onto campus. The visit, everybody says, went amazingly well. I think he spent 24 hours in Oxford. It went really, really well. Then he left to go to TCU, where he stayed like six hours. So if you do the math there, that that would, you know, seem like it was a good situation for Ole Miss. But one thing that you have to look at it is the guy had been to TCU several times before. So there's lots of things that are pointing towards a Walker Howard Ole Miss marriage. That's where we're at right now. We're at the 90% commitment range. Now, remember what I've told you over the last week, week and a half, two weeks when it comes to the transfer portal. Information that you receive even though it might come from an otherwise source that you can count on whenever you look at it, because that's the way they do high school recruiting, whenever they try and move that over into the transfer portal, it can be problematic. And the reasons for that is the circle is smaller in the transfer portal. doesn't have time to get big. The timeline is a lot shorter. Again, not a lot of time to get big. And there's no trust over the situation because almost all of them have been burned over their previous recruitment. So they're very, very guarded. So that said, we have heard information over and over again. This is looking very good for Ole Miss. We'll see how it goes. We had a couple of tweets yesterday afternoon from like Randall Joyner and um, a couple of recruiting people that was being celebratory. Um, We don't know if that was about him or about somebody else. Now, like I said, listen to that podcast if you want to hear about the other quarterbacks that Ole Miss are recruiting. And they're just they're trying to hit a home run and thread a really tight needle on this one. I don't know if I would do that, but it is what it is. So we'll see how that goes. Now, another thing, and this is a source that you're not going to hear from anywhere else, okay? You're not going to hear it from anybody else because this is brand new, fresh information. Somebody called me today and said that an SEC West 
defensive back with recruiting ties to Pete Golding, not at Alabama, so remove Alabama from the list, is looking to enter the transfer portal in the next couple of days and transfer to Ole Miss. That's what he said. Now, I get to look at it and determine if that happens, all of a sudden this guy goes to a high-level source. Um, If it does not happen, it kind of goes with the rest of the transfer portal stuff. But we will see exactly how that happens. A defensive back at an SEC West institution, transfer portal, Ole Miss. I don't know. That's just what I heard. We'll see what happens. You know how people can be sometimes. They can they can get overly excited. They don't know the full story. There could be a game of giant telephone where important facts are not being relayed and just like the wrong important things go. But that's what we need to look for. SEC West, defensive back, Ole Miss. Those are the three steps, and we'll see how that goes. Anyway, I'm very excited about that. But the late portal momentum was honestly expected, but I do want to warn people about, especially the defensive side of the ball in the transfer portal. I wouldn't expect too much in the next 48, 72 week, whatever, hours, um, because it is set up right now for Pete Golding to come in and evaluate. He can rush and get somebody that he thinks might be a good fit. He might be over recruiting. He doesn't know exactly what he has. So I think the late transfer window, that two weeks in May, becomes the defensive target for this team. They're going to see in spring practice. He's going to know exactly what he has, and they're going to try and fill holes. Will it work? I do not know. But Somebody asked the question whenever I said this team was building for 2023, and they were. They absolutely were. This team was built for a run in 2023, and it still is, but now there's a but. They, he asked if 2024 was more of the year now, and with the personnel changes that need to happen on the defensive side of the ball, Centarium Perkins a year older, I can see where 2024 can is a thing. I can see where that run will be the one that we need to point to. Now, is this team going to be good in 2023? Yes, this team is going to be hell on offense. And people are going to have to fight and struggle to stop this team. This is not going to be the team in the Texas Bowl. It's not even going to be the team in 2022. This is going to be the team in 2021. This is going to be the team in the fourth quarter of that Arkansas game to where they can seemingly do whatever they want to whoever they want. To the point where the Georgia defense and the Ole Miss offense could be an unbelievable matchup. But the problem is going to be the Georgia offense against the Ole Miss defense. Now, personnel-wise, they need to, they like I said, they need to get it fixed. They need to do what they need to do. But it's there. The talent's there. Do not let anybody tell you there's a roster problem. Do not let anybody tell you there's roster holes. There's experience that we haven't seen play for whatever reason. It needs to be used. And with the transfer portal, there's everything can be easily remedied and band-aided for a year until the 2024 cycle. I don't think this team has, quote, roster holes. You don't have an issue. The closest to it is the linebacker position. And that with the Austin Keys stuff and stuff like that, we'll have to see. But 
they could have filled those during the transfer portal this time. But with the change of a system, they didn't want to just throw the wrong person in. So we'll see exactly how they get recruited. We'll hear about rumors in the future. And at all, it, it could be pretty interesting. Anyway, coming to the next segment, we're going to have Pratt Rogers debuting on the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. Pratt did his first extra video last week, did a really good job, has some unique opinions on Ole Miss football. That's what he he wants to have his voice heard. We're all about perspectives and commentary here. So we'll talk about what's going on with that whenever we get back. Stick around. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and, in fact, available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Do me a favor and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell for notifications and participate in the conversation by commenting down below and upvoting the video itself. I'm here with Pratt Rogers, part of our weekly thing, his debut on the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. How you doing, Pratt? What's up, Stephen? Glad to be here, man. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, uh, lots of stuff going on. Specifically, Ole Miss hired Pete Golding from the Alabama Crimson Tide. We can talk about some manics of how he got here, but it happened. Um, what do you think about that hire, and what are you looking forward to? Super exciting. Uh, I think it's going to be a great hire. Um, Pete Golding is a national level no, national level recruiter, and I think he's only going to make this program better. I don't think there's um, any facet that would give you a cause for concern bringing over a, a coordinator from Bama. Um, I guess my only commentary outside that, Stephen, I uh, sure do wish that we could keep Partridge in some capacity. Uh, I think he's an excellent recruiter as well. I uh, don't know the exact NCAA rules on being able to keep a coach who's not necessarily a position coach, kind of the Barney Farrar um, role, shall we say. But uh, I would love to see Partridge serve in some capacity uh, on the program because I do think he does a great job recruiting. Yeah, I, I do think that ship's probably sailed, but I, I understand what you're saying altogether. Now, on this show, we talked a little bit about or on the earlier segments about the style of the defense that is going to be played because – I had somebody call and tell me that it's not necessarily going to be the same stuff that he did at Alabama. He's going to incorporate probably some of his earlier stuff at UTSA. What do you think that Ole Miss fans need to take? Do they need to take the Alabama defensive coordinator stuff, or is it more important for them to look backwards to the UTSA stuff so they can see exactly, hey, it hasn't always been five stars everywhere with him. You can see at this level this is a good defense. Probably a little bit of both, uh, Stephen. I think that if we're being completely realistic about it, I think Nick Saban had a large input on that Bama defense. Obviously, you're playing with a tremendous amount of five stars. So there's some sort of um, bias there almost of uh, having a nationally ranked top 10 defense uh, year over year. Um, but I think what put Pete Golding on the map was his days before Bama. I think that's the exciting stuff that he can bring to Oxford. He revitalized prior programs. He can do it in Oxford. So um, uh, I know our defense is ranked somewhere around 50 or 60 or nationally. Stephen, you may know that off the top of your head. But um, hopefully we can 
really drop that down to a meaningful number, hopefully. Yeah. Ole Miss has not had a top 50 defense since 2015. That's the last time they had a top 15. That's that's ridiculous. Um, All right. So we're getting ready to close the transfer portal. It will close tomorrow at midnight. Um, And Ole Miss is developing some momentum as it gets to the end of this period. Now, remember, with the transfer portal window closing, it just means you can't go into the portal. It doesn't mean you can't come out of the portal. So it's still going to go on past that. But for the time being, the entrance closing will end Wednesday at midnight. Prep, we've heard rumors about Walker Howard. We've heard rumors about other players out there. What what do you think – transfer portal was Ole Miss needs to do closing out? Quite frankly, I think we need to do a lot. I think, Stephen, I think we've taken a step backwards, honestly, and recruiting, if you look at it from a yearly basis last year, I think we uh, had a a much more filled class, a a better high school turnout. I think the Portal was just a booming success, but I think people have kind of called on to the portal strategy as a whole. I think it's a copycat league, and I think that Kiffin had an exorbitant amount of success through that. And you're kind of looking around like, man, we we better land a few of these guys within the next few weeks or so before the uh, the transfer window transfer window closes. Um, I, I think it would be hard pressed to feel ultra optimistic right now um, unless we land a few of these name brand players like like a Walker Howard. Uh, obviously, I think that it's between TCU, maybe Florida, Ole Miss, but I think that um, supposedly the visit went great. Don't know exact details on that, but super exciting that he stayed as long as he did. And um, I read one report, I think on Twitter, that uh, his father said he was quote unquote blown away with the visit in Oxford. So that's, that's extremely encouraging, but we truly need a win like that right now. Yeah. And, and right, right now um, I've heard different stuff through the grapevine on him, but it looks very, very, very good for Ole Miss at this point. But in the age of NIL, you, you never can tell what's going on. One thing's for certain though. I don't know if you know who Jamie Howard is, his dad. He was the quarterback for LSU in 1994 and was the quarterback in the interception game where he threw three pick sixes in one game and two other interceptions. It's one of the um, worst performances I've seen in a college football game. I would love Walker Howard to go to Ole Miss just so I could interview Jamie and ask him about that game. Yep, I knew uh, knew his dad was LSU QB, I knew that um, he had LSU family. I didn't know that backstory. That's awesome. Uh, I hope uh, that he's able to throw three touchdowns on LSU this year. How about that? Yeah, just um, search YouTube. Anybody's looking on there. It's Jamie Howard, um, interception game, Auburn. Um, And it'll come up, and it's like two and a half minutes long. And you just felt so bad for the kid. As bad as everybody felt for Matt Corral in Fayetteville, you're going to feel 10 times worse for Jamie in this game. It, 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 was, it was horrible. There's even tip passes going against him. It, it, it was awful. Now take a look at it. Yeah, seriously. Um, now the rest of the quarterback room. Now we've heard rumors that Ole Miss may not stop with Walker Howard. There could be others 
that um, are being recruited at the same time. And we do not know how this is going to play out. But how do you look at the quarterback room right now? Pretty empty. Um, You know, especially if Kincaid Dent doesn't come back and do some sort of grad program, which seems pretty unlikely at this point. Um, I I don't know really where where your leads are other than, you know, it sounds like Mike – Mike Wright from Bandy is pretty ready to go. Um, I don't know if it's kind of a wait and see approach and see if we could land somebody like a Walker Howard or if this or if that reporting is not 100% accurate on Mike Wright, that he's really truly evaluating a lot of different scenarios. Um, but it would be pretty catastrophic, I feel like, not to have a at least somewhat serviceable backup quarterback. Yeah, but also it's important to know that if something, for some reason, Ole Miss completely whiffs in January, uh, it's not the end of the world. Now, it would suck, and I'm not saying it wouldn't suck, but there's still an opportunity to get, there's other opportunities to get quarterbacks, and you won't be saddled with a couple of walk-ons going into the season. I think it's important that people realize that, even though Walker Howard, like I said, very, very positive news going on. Spencer Sanders been very positive news, even though that makes really no sense to me. And Mike Wright, really positive news. I do not think Ole Miss whiffs on all three of those. Well, Stephen, you bring up a good point in kind of a doomsday scenario, if we mm-hmm. do whiff on all three, that mm-hmm. there is a secondary portal window that Ole Miss could hope end up signing a serviceable quarterback. But you know, I think that's a few and far between game to play. I think not only is probably that secondary window even more uh, aggressive and maybe tumultuous than the existing portal window. I think that I, I don't know the talent level that would be in the secondary portal. Uh, feel free to disagree with me on that, but I think that um, I think it would be a tall task to pull to pull somebody who could really be the number two guy behind Dart and do a good job and come in and really give Dart a run for his money. And especially with the the secondary portal being later, you have to learn the playbook. I mean, there's just, there's a lot that goes into it that I think would be, make things much more difficult. It's also um, worth it to remember to Ole Miss fans that followed last year's window and all the success. Most of the commitments, the big name commitments that everybody thinks of, they signed after today. So there's still some work to be done because Ole Miss has a notoriously late drop ad period. Like Jackson Dart and Michael Trigg got there, I think like February 2nd or something like that. So because Ole Miss has a later time frame, they have a little bit more time to work with players and get that done. Whereas some schools are in school right now. They've already, like at Florida, they've already started classes. Um, and they are getting close to the end of the drop ad period and things like that. So Ole Miss has an advantage in that range in the transfer portal with the fact that they just start so late. Would you say, though, I mean, you've got to expect a decision from somebody like a, a Walker Howard within the next 48 hours or a Mike Wright or Spencer that, Sanders, whoever it may be, it's probably got to be relatively quickly. Uh, oh, absolutely. Uh, Walker Howard himself said he wanted to um, announce before Wednesday. 
So you've got 48 hours right there. You're going to find out. But this is what I think is happening with the quarterbacks. Now, we can talk all day long about how Ole Miss would like to sign all three. And you're going to hear that from people from time to time. But I think there is a pecking order that Ole Miss is ready to go on. One is going to be Walker Howard. When Walker Howard makes his decision, that's where it's over. That's the first thing. He's a top 50 player. He's a near five-star. The second one is um, Spencer Sanders. And in case of emergency quarterback, that if Walker Howard says no. And the third one, if both of them get away, will be Mike Wright. And I think Ole Miss gets one of them, but I think that's the order that they sit in. And they might sign two. I do not think they will sign three. You know, it's at least encouraging that your third option is somebody like a Mike Wright. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're trying to put a positive spin on kind of this recruiting season that's been the way it's been, um, I think Mike Wright could really be a complimentary force to Jackson Dart. Well, he's a great – Dart's a great runner. Uh, very mobile quarterback. I think somebody like Mike Wright could really bring maybe a wildcat wildcat flair to the game or um, trick plays. I mean, I think somebody like that really brings a different dimension than your typical drop back, you know, three step drop quarterback. Somebody like that. Somebody that like Dart who would make a living off that in the NFL. Yeah. Anyway, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our new, brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. It's Locked On College Basketball. And if the season goes the way it's been going, those guys might, all of a sudden, Ole Miss might be newsworthy come the end of February. So we'll see how that goes. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Anyway, thank you very much, Pratt, for stopping by. Um, we'll continue to do it next week. Always a lot of fun, bud. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Hotty toddy. See ya.